1: Lord, help us now, help us, Lord, to enter into the truth that you died for us in Jesus name. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 7:11, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. But he sees his church hardly spending five minutes a day reading His promises. They're not using his promises to cleanse themselves from the filthiness of their sins. His heart's broken. So he travails in heaven today over the uncleanness in his church. There was a conference of pastors recently in a city. Many pastors came together for a conference and the hotel owners said, that was our record use of pornography on hotel TVs. He looks at his church today and he says the words of Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor standeth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. But he sees his church. He sees his church walking in the council of the ungodly. He sees his church standing in the way of sinners. He sees his church sitting in the seat of the scornful. He sees his church not delighting in his word and not meditating in it day and night, and his heart's broken. It's broken in heaven now, it's a travail over the church that is afraid to stand up for God. He looks at the leaders of his church and he says to them in Isaiah fifty two eleven, depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence, touch no unclean thing, go out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. And he sees the leaders of his church not departing from evil, not ceasing to touch the unclean thing, as I mentioned in this convention, and his heart is broken It's in travail. It's in travail today, now in heaven. Broken today, now in heaven over a lost Israel. Broken heart in travail of soul right now over a lost world. Broken heart and in travail right now over a worldly church. Broken heart and in travail right now over unclean church leadership. And today, he's looking for an echo. An echo in us of the brokenness of his heart and the travail of his soul. So today, when we hear again the word broken for the bread, let's vow, let's vow to let him find in us an echo of a broken heart and a travailing soul over what breaks his heart and puts his soul in travail. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, these two verses, 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25, where Peter wrote to us, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. For you were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So in particular, to focus in on this verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. So, to understand communion, we've studied the meaning of the breaking of the bread, and now what we wanna do this morning is to turn our concentration over to the self-sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And for that purpose, this verse harnesses our thoughts because it gives us a spotlight that centers our attention with a statement here that's just so full of wonder we could spend so much time, but it's this statement in verse 24 who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Those words are wonderful. They're so wonderful as we read them. We, as we read them, we can just feel ourselves getting lost in so many different angles, so many different paths of truth that we could explore as we try to understand what is meant by these words. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. There's so many, so many truths that just spring out of these 14 words here. They're magnificent. So let's try to just harness our meditation here into one truth that we can extract from this phrase, from this, these 14 words. Four words, Christ bore our sins. How amazing is that? Christ bore our sins. As we think of Christ bore our sins, And we ask a question in our hearts, why? Why did Christ bear our sins? Why was it that Christ bore our sins? And the answer is found as Peter's contemplating on this verse as he writes in verses 24 and 25, he's thinking of a verse. And we can see clearly from verse 25 what Peter is thinking about when he writes, for you were as sheep going astray. See, where Peter uses his words, bear, in verse 24, who his own self bear our sins, and then he goes to the next verse and says, you were a sheep going astray. We know immediately where Peter is contemplating. We know immediately the verse. He is thinking of Isaiah 53, 6. And that's the verse that tells us, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, that's where we find these words, all we like sheep have gone astray. And then we understand what Peter meant when he said in verse 25, you were a sheep going astray. But in Isaiah 53, 6, it says, he laid on him the iniquity of us all. We understand that what Peter meant when he said his own self, bear our sins. But what Peter has not said from Isaiah 53, 6, is what we can understand from Isaiah 53, 6, is the answer to this question. Why? Why did Christ bear our sins? And the answer is, Christ bore our sins because the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Christ bore our sins or Christ bore our iniquities because the Lord laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. So now we understand why Christ bore our sins. We can see because our sins were laid on him. And now we take this phrase, Christ bore our sins, and we look at this word bore. What does that mean? When it says he bore our sins, we ask the question, what does bore mean? It's interesting because in the Greek, this word bear is the word anaphero. Anaphero is very graphic because it's really made up of two words, anaphero and Pharaoh, and they're put together. Anna means up, and Pharaoh means to carry. So when you put these two words together, Anna, Pharaoh, you have the meaning to carry up. And when we put that meaning into verse 24, we could read it like this. Who his own self carried up our sins in his own body on the tree. That gives us a precious graphic picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. With this meaning of carrying up, we see in this verse the Lord Jesus Christ carrying up our sins on his body, in his bone body, on the tree. And as we meditate on that, we think about that, of the Lord Jesus carrying up our sins, we see two pictures. Two pictures develop in our minds. In the first picture of carrying up, we see him in the place of the beating in Jerusalem. And we see him carrying the cross. And then he stumbled and someone else had to carry it. But he moved his way up, up the hill of Calvary. As we see that in our mind, we say, I see him. I see him walking up that road to Mount Calvary. And as I see him walking up the road to Mount Calvary, I see my sins on him. I see on that road that he is Anna Pharaoh. He is carrying up my sins to Calvary. And as he walks up that hill to Calvary, we can see him carrying up our sins on him as he goes up the hill up there to Calvary. Then in the second picture that develops is the carrying up the Anna Pharaoh. We see him lying down on the cross as the cross is on the ground And then we see his cross after he's been nailed to it, being lifted up in the air and set in place in suspension. He's suspended there on this cross. And as we see that in our mind, we say with this word, Anna as I see him now lifted up on the cross, I see my sins on him. I see on the cross that he is Anna He has carried up my sins on his body on the tree as he's lifted up on the cross, we can see him carrying up our sins on him on the cross. But when we see this word bear in this verse here in 2 Peter 2.24, his own self, bear our sins on his own body on the tree, we ask another question. we says bear, we ask the question, how heavy? How heavy were our sins that were on him? I mean, we can see the enormity of the weight the weight of our sins, we ask, how enormous was it? How much was it? And King David, speaking just of his own personal sin, he said in Psalm 38:4, for mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. That's what King David said, they are too heavy for me. When King David, he was just speaking about his own personal sins, And he says in the Psalm 38, 4, my iniquities have gone over my head, they've overwhelmed me, and as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. So the speaking of the weight of his own personal sin, King David said, they were too much. I couldn't bear it. They were too heavy for me. The sheer weight of our sins is too heavy for us. As David spoke, our sins, the weight of our sins is too heavy for us. Each one of us sinners are not able to bear the weight of our sins. But King David also spoke not only of the sheer weight, but he spoke about the number of his personal sins. When he said in Psalm 40 verse 12, for innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. How many times would you say that you sin in a day? Now, just think about that. How many times do you say, I don't know, you you sin maybe once a day? Maybe, Maybe you sin twice a day? Maybe you sin every hour? Maybe 10 times? Maybe 20 times? Let's just say 10 times. And how many times does that add up to by the time you're 40 years old? Well, if we just take off, we'll just subtract from that the 13 years of life and just say, okay, uh, we're just gonna take it, let's say that person reaches 13, they're at the age of accountability. And so, oh, we'll just say that, just arbitrarily. We'll just say, okay, age of accountability at the age of 13, then there are 27 years of accountable sins. And at 10 per day, that adds up to 98,550 sins by the time you're 40 years old. Just one sin is enough to send a person to hell. But 98,550, that's 98,550 reasons to send a person to hell. 98,550. No wonder David says in Psalm 40, verse 12, for innumerable evils have compassed me. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I'm not able to look up. They're more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. The sheer number of our sins strangle us. The sheer number of our sins make us not able to look up to God. The sheer number of our sins give us heart failure. You know, at Scanner Bodies, we have to determine the number of microbes in a specimen all the time. We're all the time checking for sterility. And this is done by plating. So we plate specimens onto microbiological plates which have gelatinized media, growth media, and then we, we incubate the plates, an incubator, and so we allow the invisible microbes to multiply into a visible colony. And then we count the colonies to determine how many microbes there were in the original specimen. And when a specimen is so heavily contaminated, the plate just overgrows with colonies, and we just, we give up on trying to count them, and we just write T-N-T-C, which stands for too numerous to count. (laughs) And so we have a micro, many micro, unfortunately, many micro say T-N-T-C. And when it comes to us being able to count our sins, we have to write T-N-T-C, too numerable to count. See, in Psalm 40, verse 12, when David says, for innumerable evils have compassed me about mine iniquities have taken hold upon me. See, really we could say Psalm 44, verse 12, for TNTC, evils have compassed me about too numerous to count. Each, each one of us are sinners. We're not able to count the number of our sins. It's TNTC. If the sheer magnitude of just one person's sins were too heavy for that person to bear, if the sheer number of just one person's sins were TNTC, Too numerous to count, what was the magnitude? What was the magnitude like of everyone's sins that the Lord Jesus Christ bore? What was the number like of everyone's sins that the Lord Jesus Christ bore? See, when verse 24 says his own self bear our sins, it's referring to both the magnitude and the number of everyone's sins. Enormous magnitude enormous number are encompassed in this word bear in verse 24 where we could say in verse 24 who his own self bear the enormous magnitude of our sins in his own body on the tree where we could say in verse 24 who his own self bore the enormous number of our sins in his own body on the tree but when we think of the word bear in verse 24 we see another truth that comes out to us and that is the necessity of bearing, the necessity of bearing. The fact is that each one of us has sinned, as it says so clearly throughout the Bible. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Solomon said, Ecclesiastes 7.20, for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Paul said in Galatians 3.22, the scripture hath concluded all under sin. First John 1:8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The dedication of the temple, Solomon prayed in first Kings 8:38. What prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man, the plague of his own heart? He said, The plague of his own heart. Spread forth his hands toward this house. What is the plague of his own heart? Paul said. In Romans 7:24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the plague of my own heart, which is sin. First Kings 8:46, 2 Chronicles 6.36 say the same thing. There is no man which sinneth not. Psalm 130, verse 3. For thou, Lord, if thou Lord shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Proverbs 20, verse 9. Who can say I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my own sin. And as we just said, Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Isaiah 64, 6, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind has taken us away. We have all sinned. There's no doubt about it. We have all sinned. And in the word bear, in verse 24, we see the truth that our sins must be borne. In the word bear, in verse 24, we see the truth our sins must be paid for. In the word bear here in verse 24, we see the truth the penalty for our sins must be taken. In the word bear, in verse 24, we see the truth that either we As sinners will bear our sins. That, that, and we, or, and we as sinners will pay for our sins. And we as sinners will take the penalty for our sins. And we as sinners will sink into being forsaken by God for our sins. Or someone else will. Or someone else will bear our sins or someone else will pay for our sins, or someone else will take the penalty for our sins, or someone else will sink into being forsaken for our sins. The fact is, sin is a fact. Sin is a fact, the fact is sin. The fact is that we have sinned. The truth is that either we individually will face and pay for our sins, or someone else will face, And pay for our sins. The truth is that our sins will be faced. Our sins will be paid for either by ourselves or someone else. The reality is we cannot bear up to face and pay for our sins. The reality is we cannot hold up to bear our own sins. The reality is no one but the Lord Jesus Christ could bear up for our sins. No one but the Lord Jesus Christ could hold up under the load of our sins. No one but the Lord Jesus Christ could endure the full amount of punishment for our sins. So when it says in verse 24, he bare our sins, that means he has borne our sins. That means he has himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And when it says in verse 24 that he bare our sins, it was hard. It was hard for him to bear our sins. He groaned. He groaned under the intolerable load of our sins when he bore our sins on the the tree. See, we read in Hebrews 1, 3, who, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, being in the brightness, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. See, he upheld all things by the word of his power. He could uphold all things by the word of his power without groaning. But when he bare our sins on his own body on the tree, he groaned. He could uphold all the weight of the innumerable worlds that he created in the universe without groaning. He could hold on his shoulders the burden of the universe without groaning. But under the load of our sins, his soul went into agony and death as he looked at the load of our sins. And he groans with words like Mark fourteen thirty four. He saith unto them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. In Isaiah 53.3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him, he was despised, we esteemed him not. In Isaiah 53.12, he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And Lamentations 1.12, Is it nothing to you, all you that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow which is done unto me wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. In John 12, 27, now is my soul troubled. In Psalm 22, one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? In this word bear, we see this meaning at the end of this chapter, John 1, 1 John one twenty nine, where in the next day, Jesus, John, seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. How did he take away the sin of the world? By bearing in his own body our sins on the tree. Let's go to communion.
0: Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. Join Tom Cantor, Ray Comfort, Dr. Michael Brown at the Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference happening in San Diego on Friday evening, February 9th, and Saturday morning, February 10th, at the Creation Museum in Santee, California. Learn from great Bible teachers like radio host Tom Cantor from Friendship with God, as well as world-renowned Jewish evangelist Ray Comfort, radio host Dr. Michael Brown, director of Jews for Jesus Israel, Dan Sered, Friends of Israel field director Steve Herzig, Pastor Leo Giovanetti, and many others cost for this two-day conference is only $25, which covers all speakers, food, and materials. So register today to hear Tom Cantor, Ray Comfort, Dr. Michael Brown, Jews for Jesus, and Friends of Israel on how we can reach the lost people of America and Israel on February 9th and 10th. Call us at 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com, ReachIsrael.com.